Welcome to the Hope Revolution messages. You'll be able to find our sermon podcast at hoperevolution.church forward slash sermon, as well as all other podcast players. We hope you enjoy this message. We were asked to do a sermon on God, our deliverer. During the week, I felt Daniel 3 was where it's at, not just because it's my name, but <laughs> it actually means God, our judge. So it's almost like when I got named, I was always going to be a Christian. If everyone can open their Bibles, just hold on, because be, we're going to read the whole chapter. Yeah, I know, it's a bit, of, a bit of a read. But I'm going to do half, and Mum's going to do the other half. King Nebuchadnezzar built a gold statue 90 feet high and 90 feet thick. He set it up on the Jura Plain in the province of Babylon. He then ordered all the important leaders in the province, everyone who was anybody, to the dedication ceremony of the statue. They all came for the dedication, all the important people took their places before the statue Nebuchadnezzar had erected. A herald then proclaimed in a loud voice, Attention, attention. Every race, colour and creed, listen. When you hear the band strike up, all the trumpets and trombones, tubers and baritones, drums and cymbals, fall to your knees and worship the gold statue King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Anyone who does not kneel and worship shall be thrown immediately into a roaring furnace. The band started to play. A huge band equipped with all the musical instruments of Babylon and everyone, every race, colour and creed fell to their knees and worshipped the gold statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Just then, some Babylonian fortune tellers stepped up and accused the Jews They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, Long live the king. You gave strict orders, O king, that when the band started playing, everyone had to fall to their knees and worship the gold statue. And whoever did not go to their knees and worship it had to be pitched into a roaring furnace. Well, there were some Jews here, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, who you have placed in high positions in the province of Babylon. These men are ignoring you, O king. They don't respect your gods and they won't worship the gold statue you set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. (laughs) So these men were brought before the king and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are already to fall, uh, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you'll be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then, what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Sorry, just before I finish, I really want us to hone in on that little bit because that's going to like build the rest of what we're going to share. So I'm going to read that again. King Nebuchadnezzar had already spoke. Sorry, I'm going to start preaching, but I've got to keep. Yeah. They said, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know that your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times, hotter than usual, and commanded that some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. 
For these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent that the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and he asked his advisors, were there three men that were tied up and thrown into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see a fourth man walking around in the fire, unbound and unshamed. Another little point I want you to really get a hold of is unbound and unshamed. Put down your mental notes. And on the fourth, looks like the sons of God. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satrap, prefects, governance, and the royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their head singed. Their robes were not scorned, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued the servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble. (laughs) Not cool, but... For no other god can, can save in this way, then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. I just want us to get the picture of, like, these guys, they, they were faced with, like, Im- immeasurable odds to be like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to bow to the image that you've set up in front of me. I was just reflecting, as I've read this chapter, I haven't ever really, like, studied it in heaps of context. I haven't done a degree in theology or been to divinity or whatever, but... From the basis of what I know about the word, about the book, it's, it's quite a famous book actually in the Old Testament. But yeah, as, as I journey with God, I want to learn more about the authority of Scripture and how it plays out in our lives. But in saying that, I did feel called to teach from this particular chapter this week. Daniel, there's four points. So they were true to God. Even when confronted with death, they were true to God. It's amazing to see how confident they were when they responded to the king's command. They were so confident in God that they wouldn't bow to the image. They knew in their hearts that whatever was going to happen was what God wanted. What we wanted to do today is when when we get to each point, give a testimony. And I also want everyone here to... Think about testimonies of deliverance, if you could just keep them in your mind until the end so we could talk to them. Yeah, talk and you have them. one now, yeah? Yeah, I have one. I was sick and, like, I've been sick for a few days and been to the hospital and back and forward and back and I had all these bruises on my legs and the hospital said, I'll just go home, it's nothing. And then in the end, Jim took me to Monash and I was lying on this bed for about two days waiting. And they'd said, there's some mass in your stomach. That's all they said. And so I'm just waiting, waiting to go into the operating theatre. And I had all these, these two days to think about God and God's deliverance of me and what would the future hold I just in the end said to God, whatever it is, it is, you know. And then 
I'm sitting next to this guy with his daughter and he start, they both start to sing choruses, the Christian choruses that we were singing at the time in church. And it was like God was saying, it's okay, here I am. And I was fine, you know. I had a part of my bowel removed, but I was really fine. But I've never forgotten how, how God was there and the comfort of hearing this family sing. It was just so good. That's awesome to hear that, Mum. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad this is a small church. Oh, <laughs> oh mate. So, I, like, just reflecting on that particular point, like when I was saying, as we we're reading through Scripture, it's like we we're talking about how confident we can be when it comes to just trusting in God. And the best part about what we're reading is, it's like they didn't they didn't even acknowledge the fact that he was like this powerful king because they knew that the our king of kings reigns over him. I feel like they weren't even phased. They're like, oh, I'm going to walk into this fire and I know that I don't have to worry, that I have full confidence, full assurance in the fact that God is with me. God will deliver me and God is ultimately in control over our circumstances, over what we walk through in life. That we're safe in the hands of the creator and we are safe in his all-achieving power as well. And I think sometimes in life, you know, we walk through trials and we walk through job loss, financial stress, stresses in family, you name it, like something we walk through, our circumstances. Through reflection of that, we can trust in God in those times. We can trust the fact that he is going to work for us, he is working for us, and he will ultimately deliver us, you know, through those hard times. Going back to the teaching as well, I also want to highlight the fact that they were unshamed and they were were unabandoned for God as well. They didn't let their circumstances hold them back. They didn't let their circumstances keep them in bondage. And, you know, through their obedience, they saw the king's heart come to repentance. They saw the king's heart change. And I think, you know, when we are walking through trials, it is really important to keep our eyes on Jesus as well. It's also important to know that people are watching us when we, we are walking through stuff. Like, we don't always set the best example. We don't always set, you know, do the right things. We don't always re- respond in the loving way we should. But I think as we walk through those circumstances, we need to be bearing fruit. We need to be like, oh, I'm walking through this, but it's not phasing the truth that's in my heart. It's not phasing the fact that Jesus is going to deliver me from the circumstance so I can rest and have peace in that. In that, are we bowing to the images of the world? Are we giving ourselves over to those circumstances we're in? Are we trusting, you know, are we worrying in fear? Are we having confidence that God will, you know, deliver us through it? And I have a testimony Yeah, so this happened a couple of months ago, actually. Um, So I was climbing a tree because that's what I do for a job. I'm an arborist, everyone knows. And you'll hear about, like, later on as well, there's another testimony about my job. But I was climbing this liquid amber, which is a certain type of tree, and it was right next to, like, four phases of a power line. We do that stuff all the time because trees are always cut next to power lines. I don't know. You guys probably don't really pay attention to trees, but whenever I'm in the car, I can't turn my brain (laughs) off. Like, oh, that's too – that hasn't been cut right or that's too close to the power lines or – some cowboy cut that and didn't let the tree heal properly. Anyway, I was cutting this tree and I was rushing because when you first start climbing trees, you, you rush because you want to try and be the best, really good at it. But the reality is it doesn't work and it takes time to build the skill up, like everything in life because everything takes so long. And I'm impatient, very impatient. Anyway, so I was climbing this tree and I, sometimes when we set a ropes right at the top of the tree or the canopy, we have to like basically couldn't get my rope to the top because I was too scared to go up because I wasn't comfortable enough. So I kind of just went halfway up, set my rope, came back down and cut it. And I was just rushing, trying to get down because I'm not really comfortable with my gear. 
And I was cutting this branch and I did my cutting technique and I ripped the branch and it hit the power line, the phase of the power line. Yeah, it was really bad. I freaked out for a second because if you touch two phases with one branch, you become part of the circuit. So I could have died. It's full on. So I pulled the branch off and hit the power line. I was like screaming to my supervisor, worrying. He's like, oh, no, all good, all good. Like, you know, don't worry. And then so I, I ended up just chucking it on the ground afterwards. Why wow, we didn't have an incident report about any of the day, but I was just looking back at that, and now it's just coming to mind. Like that was, you know, inexperience, obviously, but at the same time, like God was so protecting me in that because what's the chances of me? I could have died that day. Like I, I'm, every day I do my job, there's a possibility of me dying because it's so dangerous. Mum doesn't like to hear that, but I know, <laughs> I know God has like continued because I'm so high up and it's I'm using chainsaws. It's dangerous. You know, I cut my hand off or anything. I'm just, just in circumstances like that, I'm so thankful for how God's looked after me, protected me, like I've still got all my limbs, like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's been <laughs> really encouraging. So going back to the teaching, it was in the old covenant, so he didn't have the Holy Spirit, you know, Messiah hadn't come yet, you know, so he was just hearing God essentially in his mind, like he didn't have a heap of different things. So they walked through that fire with just the integrity of knowing God. Another spin I'd like to throw at, at us as well to think about is maybe it isn't a trial necessarily that we're walking through, like like I was saying, financial stress or relationships, someone may have passed in your family. It's Sometimes it can be a step of faith. Sometimes it's like, well, all right, God's calling me over to here. And sometimes, you know, like we walk through, God leads us to places that we don't necessarily want to go. And I think sometimes we, this particular thing can be applied to that. I'm not saying it's a formula, but what I'm saying is like, when we are walking through steps of faith, to step out, that's a whole other ball game in itself. Because if you're stepping out for God but to do a new job or like a, make a decision, that can be very full on. And by having this, being able to trust in God, delivering him through that, really good as well. I thought it was really interesting that Nebuchadnezzar was able to recognise that it was the, a son of God in that he would have worshipped idols, yet he was able to see that this was a son of God. He called it son of God with a small s. God showed him that this was something different to his idols and opened his mind to it, which I thought was just so good. And wonder, I don't know how that affected him, but I'm also thinking about how God shows us things. He speaks to us and I'm just wondering how many times he has kept us from situations that would have been bad. We won't know. We don't know why we took a plane ticket that day or we drove down that road. We we don't know, but I feel that there's all these times where because he loves us, he, he lets us know. Sometimes I know people hear him. And they think, no, I'm not doing that today. But other times I think maybe just because he works in our lives, he's just so loving toward us. There's a very personal thing for me. So since I was a child, I have always wanted to be able to be close to God. And I used to think, I'm praying to him, but he's just not there. (laughs) All my life I have wanted to, when I pray, be able to feel his presence when I say the words, like he's, like he's this close to me. Through some prayer I had in these last few weeks, I've had amazing things happen 
in that I've started to sleep better and it's just been so good. And I think the best part of it is that so now when I'm praying, it's like God's always been in the same place, but I've been away from him, not away from him, backslidden or anything like that. But because of something in me, there was a little bit of a barrier. I used to feel it all the time. I thought, oh, that's so frustrating because I just want to feel close to him because I'm a feeling person. It's happened. It's like now when I pray, it's like, come here. <laughs> it's like when I pray, it's like this, right? It's like here, this is God and I'm really close. That's the best way I can describe it. And that's been through this prayer that, that I've had. Yeah, it's just lovely. I just see all of that as the kindness God has. Thanks for that, Mum. I'm just going to share one more testimony and we're basically done after that. Um, but, yeah, one testimony, another one I just wanted to share quickly was um, it's actually happened this year. Yeah, I got a new job and I remember when I got this, I think I was speaking to Sam about it. Pictures here about everything, so um, <laughs> it's generally like a daily text here going, which is good. It's good to keep the fellowship. But um, this job I had, I got this new job because I, I was working in Packy and then I moved to Roville. It was pretty good, it was a 20 minute, 25 minute drive. And I thought, oh, this is it. Like, I finally got my dream job, you know, because I was like looking to get into a different aspect of my trade and refine my skills a bit. And I was really excited because I got this new job and I spoke to the boss and he seemed like a really cool dude. I finally got everything I wanted. So here I am, full as you, on my first day, you know, and everything was really good for the first two or three months. Yeah, I was kind of doing everything I wanted to do. Like I was, I wanted to lead a crew and like that was kind of happening and I was climbing and like I was doing everything I wanted to do. And, you know, about three or four months in, the, the boss puts on two new guys and I was just like, oh, cool, you know, like these guys I can maybe mentor or hopefully introduce the gospel to. Didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Completely like got blindsided. It actually ended up, doing a complete flip on itself and well I wouldn't say borderline bully but I by the end of it I was just like man I'm getting cornered here by the boss I'm getting told off here like I'm duties had been reduced I was doing everything man like I was you going to the shops and buying new gear and all this but then I got to reduce just to stump grinding doing that for two three months and I was like I couldn't believe this is happening like I had all these mm. you know dreams mm. and ambitions for this job and then mm. I found by the end of it it was really bad and that's when I started to really pray I was like all right god like this has not gone the way I wanted to. I don't know whether it was part of your plan or not to get me here. It might have been for timing or something. But I started to really pray and I was like, oh, this is hard. Like going back to the whole, when we are in circumstances and trials, how do we respond? I didn't respond very well most days, to be honest. Like I was getting in late. I, I was like sloppy in my responsibilities. And so I really started to pray. I'm like, God, if you want me here, I just pray that, you, you know, like and I'm not twisting God's arm, you know, as I talk to people about like, he could have kept me there and I'd have to endure that. Like the Israelites endured slavery for 400 years. Like it was a long time, you know, it might have been two months for me when I was under this oppression. It probably wasn't even that bad. But just translating the circumstance to that, I feel like he could have left me there. Yeah, he could have. But I, f I feel like there was like this place of surrender where I'm like, all oh, right, God, like I have to let go of, you know, and in it all he was refining me and building character, right, in the time. You know, like I had to be very careful in – the way I presented myself and, and all stuff like that. Anyway, long story short, I got a new job and everyone's a Christian there. So it's awesome. My boss is a Christian. Like it's, it's like the ultimate environment to 
refine my skills. Like I've been given this thing that's like too good to be true. Like mm. I get to refine the skills I want and I get to hang out with Christians and grow. You know, I'm not always like 100% switched on, but most of the time it's, yeah, it's a lot of improvement. Just in that, I was so thankful to God that he did deliver me from that old workplace and opened a new door. Yeah, like it was awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. These God are will the come four through. points. Yeah. God will come through. Yeah, God will come through. Cool. We've got to put our our life into his hands. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions or feedback, please email us at hello at hoperevolution.church.